Y'all, I want to start this off with a review. Hey, y'all, we got a fearful avoidant episode today, but I want to read this for you first. I'm so appreciative of those of you who take the time to write something. And this is from Lido4EK87. This person wrote, impressed. I'm so glad I came across Taylor's podcast on attachment. I've already learned so much about my own attachment and the way I relate to others. I'm looking forward to doing workshops and to keep learning and healing. Please continue doing this great work. Your work is truly impactful and valuable to so many of us. Thank you so much. It is so encouraging for me to read those notes. So I appreciate you for sharing that with me and for others as they come across this podcast and learn more about themselves and how to have a better experience in this life. So thanks a lot, Lito. I appreciate it. And let's get into the episode, y'all. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. Do you have your pen and paper? Because I have so much to tell you. I have my notes and I'm ready to go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the fearful avoidant type, all about the fearful avoidant type, which is an insecure attachment style. We're going to talk about what it is, why it is, and how to change it. What it is, why it is, and how to change it. So let's talk about what the fearful avoidant type is. It really is a mix, a mix of the anxious and the avoidant type, a mix of the anxious type and a mix, thank you, and a mix of the avoidant type. It's, an, it's like an anxious, preoccupied type and a dismissive avoidant type mashed together. You get a fearful avoidant type. Okay? But let's get more specific. So we're getting push-pull dynamics with a fearful avoidant type. Somebody type push-pull for your internet friends. Push-slash-pull. A hot-cold situation. Hot and cold, push and pull. Hot and cold, push and pull. I want you. Now I don't. Don't leave me, but don't get too close. Stay with me, but don't ask for too much. But don't go too far away because I'm going to want you back. <laughs> okay. We got, do you understand that? that? That's why we call this a push-pull dynamic, hot and cold. Stay with me. Don't leave me. I want you, but not too close. You are skeptical of others. These types are skeptical of others. They think things like you don't like me as much as you claim. You're going to switch up on me. It's just a matter of time. I can appear close, but I'm emotionally tense. I can be loose on the outside, but tight on the inside. So these people are on dating apps. They're on, they're going on dates. They might be living in your house. These people can be close. They, they can be around. <laughs> okay. They can go through the motion of being in a relationship, but, but I call them like orbiters. Like they will orbit around the person but have a difficult time actually maintaining, sustaining a connection with the person. Are you understanding this so far? Push, pull, hot, cold. I want you, but I don't. (laughs) Don't leave me, but don't get too close. I can do the motion of being in a relationship, but I have a very hard time actually sustaining and maintaining the relationship. I'm skeptical of others as the fearful avoidant. Okay, 
I, I can think things like you don't like me as much as you claim. You're going to switch up on me. It's just a matter of time. I can appear close but be emotionally tense, loose on the outside, like going through the motions, but tight on the inside. This makes this type a very confusing type You're because it seems to you dealing with the fearful avoidant, like if the person you're dealing with is a fearful avoidant type, you can have the perception of you're here, but or the experience of you're here, but then you disappear. And no one can quite put their finger on why, because nothing seems wrong, yet things go wrong at exactly the wrong time. I'm going to say it again. Okay. The fearful avoidant type can be a very is a very confusing type. When you're experiencing the fearful avoidant, welcome Alexis just came to the Patreon. Okay, I'm getting the notification. This makes this a very confusing type. You can experience the fearful avoidant type like this. You're here, but then you disappear, and no one can quite put their finger on why. Nothing is wrong. But everything, I'm going to explain this more deeply in a minute, but everything goes wrong at exactly the wrong time. This is a constant game of cat and mouse. So let me tell you what I mean. What does this mean and why is this happening? The fearful avoidance request and needs, write this part down. The fearful avoidance request and needs change. Okay, I want you to think about it like this. When we're talking about an anxious, preoccupied type, their requests and needs are consistent. They consistently want closeness. They are not going to surprise you on, they, they weren't asking for intimacy and asking you for more on Monday. And then on Tuesday, they want space. The anxious, preoccupied type is consistently requesting that you become close. Just like the dismissive avoidant type is consistently requesting that you give them space. The fearful avoidant can be a more, a more confusing type because their requests and their needs seem to change. So I can both be, tr- I can be triggered by intimacy. I can be triggered by you being close, just like the dis- dismissive avoidance type can be triggered by you being close. Thank you. And the anx- and I can be triggered by you going away, just like the anxious preoccupied type can be triggered by you going away. So if you are experiencing the fearful avoidant type, which is the mix of the AP and the DA, you really don't know what to give them or when to give it to them because their requests and needs seem to change. We're going to talk about why that is. We're going to talk about how to change it in just a moment. That's a good way to put it, Jimbo. Jimbo says it's like they want pizza on Taco Tuesdays and tacos during the weekend tailgate. Right. So I think that's a, I think that's a good, I think that makes a lot of sense. As in, it doesn't make sense. It's like, hey, when I offer you the tacos, if you don't really have an issue with tacos, then why do you reject the tacos when they're here? So it's like when you're, it's like your experience of the fearful avoidant, you're like, but you asked for this. And yet when I give it to you, you re you react as if it's not what you asked for, or as if it's not what you like, or it's as if it's not what you signed up for. So we see how it, do we see how this is confusing? It's not that the thing is wrong, but I experience it as wrong at exactly the wrong time. So this leaves the person who is in the relationship or, or whatever with the fearful avoidant confused. So in a situation with intimacy, let's talk about something being situationally wrong in a situation with intimacy. Okay. So this is how someone might be reading it, that this relationship is real. The intimacy shows up. 
I can experience it as triggering because in my experience as the fearful avoidant type, I'm experiencing this with you as this might actually be real. And that can be triggering for someone. This might require responsibility. That can be triggering for a fearful avoidant type. I may have to give up some things. I'm not sure I'm ready to give up. That can cause the, that can cause someone to distance in the face of intimacy. I'm not prepared to take this on. That can trigger someone to distance when they're confronted with intimacy. This might fall apart. That can trigger someone to distance when confronted with intimacy. I might mess this up. That can trigger someone to distance when confronted with intimacy. I might like or love you too much. I can be triggered to distance when confronted with intimacy. If this fails, what will I do? I can't take another heartbreak. That can trigger someone to take space away from you when you offer them intimacy. Should I read it again? Or did you catch it all? The picture I'm painting for you right now is I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question that goes through someone's mind. Well, how can something, how can something be situationally wrong, situationally rejectable? How can someone reject me in a situation, but, but say that they want it ultimately? I say that I want relationship, but I reject the opportunity to relate, land the plane. I can distance in a situation that offers relationship, but I can say and go through the motions signaling I want relationship as a fearful avoidant type, okay? So I'm, I'm going to help you again to understand why it is that someone can reject a situation and in this case, particularly, I can reject intimacy. The fearful avoidant can reject intimacy because their experience, okay, so now you're putting yourself in the fearful avoidant shoes. Go ahead and slip in. Okay, slip in. So now you have just become just like that. Go with me here. Just like that, you have become someone who both wants to be close and wants space. You hear what I'm saying? Right now, you have become someone, get into the mindset, who wants space, but also wants to be close. Write it in the comments. I want space and I want to be close. I want you to come into this mindset with me. Come into this mindset with me. I, even if you're confused, come into this mindset with me and write it in the comments. I, I want space. This is a lot of people. I want space and I want to be close. When I experience your offer of intimacy, when I experience you, <laughs> good, when I experience you as getting close to me, I might have this experience. There is, this might be real. Write it down. This might be real. As in this intimacy, like this, this might be a real relationship. And if this is a real relationship, there might be real responsibility here. This might so so I both want I want relationship but but when now when it's here I'm it's making me a little bit nervous because it might actually be real. What I'm saying what I'm saying is that I can be triggered to distance when you offer me closeness. 
Okay. Because I might have the experience, the perception, okay. The thoughts, the feelings that this might be real. It's making me nervous. This might require some responsibility. I've never done this before. I'm, or I have, and it didn't go well. How about this? I can't take another heartbreak. I can't take another heartbreak and I really like you. I really like you. I really love you. And that's kind of exactly the problem. (laughs) Listen to me. That's exactly the problem is that I like you. It's that I love you. And that's exactly why I got to get the F up out of here because I can't, if this doesn't go well, I don't know if I could take another heartbreak. This might fall apart. And I don't know if you've had that experience of, 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 crawling back to yourself and you're like, Oh, I don't want to go through that again. Or you never quite recovered. That's, that's a lot. You never listen to me. You never quite recovered. And so now you're continuing on and trying to get into another relationship. And you're like, I don't know. I haven't even gotten really over the last heartbreak. If this thing goes bad, I don't know how I would, how would I be able to handle that? Okay. So, um, it might be something like, I'm not prepared to take this on. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not functionally ready or I'm not emotionally ready to take this on. It can be any of these things. The fearful avoidant describes the manifest, the, the, the label, the fearful avoidant, the dismissive avoidant, the anxious preoccupied type. The label gives you the, the manifestation of what's out in the world. It's how you see these people. The dismissive avoidant runs, the anxious preoccupied clings, the fearful avoidant does a little bit of both. So when you're here, the label is giving you what's out in the world. It's how you see these people. Okay. But here's what I need you to know. It is just a manifestation of internal issues. And so whatever you're hearing in what I just said, I'm going to read it again very quickly. This thing might be real. It's too scary. This might require responsibility. I don't know if I can do it. I may have to give up some things. I'm not sure if I'm ready to give it up. I'm not prepared to take this on. This might fall apart. I might mess this up. I might like or love you too much. If this fails, what will I do? I can't take another heartbreak. It's usually not all of those things at once. There will be like one or two. Yeah, there will be one or two things that might stick out to you. Understand it's important for you to listen to me very closely here. It's important for you to know the thing that is tr- that that triggers you. And I'm going to read you the other side of this too when you get triggered by distance rather than intimacy. Okay? But you've got to know the thing that triggers in you because it's not all of those things that I just read. It's a one or two, maybe three things. The reason why that's important, listen to me very carefully here. You have to know what it is for you that triggers you to move away when offered close because knowing you are fearful avoidant is not enough attached didn't do listen to me the attachment style quizzes and that book it only raised your awareness that you had a problem. It does not solve the problem. So knowing you are fearful avoidant 
does not solve fearful avoidance. But when you heard those things I just said, and if you missed it, rewind the replay. But the thing that you're like, that's me, that's your target. Not fearful avoidance in general. I'm tired of in general. I don't do in general. That's why I don't particularly, I'm always trying to get you to do, engage and participate like in class and in group and come to do, come do something, come to a workshop and participate because knowing it in general, like on a podcast just raises your awareness of the problem, but it does not transform. It does not shift you out of the problem. Knowing you have fearful avoidance only that's that's all you that that's it you just know you have fearful avoidance you cannot listen you cannot attack this in general you have a personal problem okay that's why i'm saying when i when you heard what i just said it's like well what which one of those kinds of things like really sticks out to you that's your target not i just don't want to be fearful avoidant but i need to target that i don't feel like i can functionally take this on Okay, if you heard, um, this is a lot of responsibility. Um, how about this one? I might have to give up some things I'm not, re- I'm not sure I'm ready to give up. I need to target my immaturity. Okay, I need to target, that's not everybody's problem, but that might be your problem. Okay, I need to target the way that I manage my life and my life and my life habits because that's not everybody's problem, but it might be your problem because I am fearful that this responsibility might be too much for me to bear it. And maybe it's a bit of a confidence issue. Maybe it's a lifestyle management issue. But what I'm saying is that there are people that also listen to this. How about this one? I might like or love you too much and I can't take another heartbreak. Past relational trauma, that's a, that's a target. Not everyone needs to target their past relational trauma. I might have already worked through it or I don't even really have it. But what I do have is a lifestyle management issue and taking on another person feels like it's going to break the scale. But my other person might have fearful avoidant traits. Listen to me very carefully. My other person might have fearful avoidant traits and exhibit fearful avoidance in relationships. And it's because they've got past relational trauma, but they're great with time management and functionally they do very well. They're an achiever and they manage their time very well, but they're not able to manage their emotions. Well, both people can exhibit fearful avoidant traits. I want you, but I'm not sure if I can handle you, but for different reasons. So if you, you don't know the thing in you that's glitching, then you try to approach it in general. And now you're talking about relational trauma, but your issue is lifestyle management. And that's why you come close and then you run away because you, because you can't keep a job and you know that you're going to have to contribute something financially to the relationship. And so now you're listening to all these podcasts about relational trauma, but you've never even had a relationship to be traumatized by. So I'm asking you to get, get more specific. I'm telling you the books and the quizzes do not get specific and neither in this podcast won't do it enough for you. You're going to have to get into something. I need somebody to tell me that you understand that. Good time to pause. Um, this is a first passing around of the offering bucket. How about some inspirational music? <laughs> As I say this, first passing around of the offering bucket. Thank you so much for those of you that give 
in that way who give back into this work and I appreciate the notes if you when you do send those in um, it's really motivating and encouraging for me to continue to creating this this content for you so if you'd like to donate back into the work if you'd like to support in a monetary way there are links in the show notes below you can send something to the cash app of five or ten what's on your heart it's dollar sign Tay Chand it's also Tay Chand on Venmo and on PayPal, you can type in my email address, taylor at iamtaylorchandler.com. Those, again, are linked in the show notes. Thank you for everyone who has already done what you've done and has given generously in the way that you've been able. And I felt moved to do that. I really do appreciate it. And thank you to those of you who are going to be giving for the very first time today because you've been tuning in and it's been working for you. Thanks a lot. Let's get back to the episode. I feel like we really landed that plane. Didn't we do it? Didn't we do it? All right. I know, right? <laughs> right? I'm taking you through the matrix. I'm taking you through the matrix, right? Because it's like, what's going on? We're going to slow down the matrix. I'm just going to point out all of the things you need to know, okay, to get out of the matrix, okay? We need to wake up, okay? We got to wake up. All right, here we go. Um, How about this one? And... All right. Oh, I have, I'm not done with my notes here. So whatever it is for you, right? Whatever the thing that might tr- trigger for you, those thought, those things can trigger you to distance in the um, presence of closeness. But the thoughts and feelings don't originate with that present person. Okay. There is something else that allows you to be triggered. And that person that's in front of you represents, represents something that is, tr- that is already triggerable in you. Triggerable. Okay. Let me give you an example. Love is blind. Okay, we're going to go through this very quickly. Cole and Zineb, when at the end, and if you if you haven't watched the end, where have you been? Just cover your ears. Here's a spoiler alert. Okay, it doesn't work out. Okay, real quick. It just doesn't work out. At the very end, Zineb, just at the, at the wedding, she's like, yo, you're the worst person I have ever met in my life. I hate you because you made me hate myself. That's basically like what she said. Okay, paraphrase, but that's basically what she said, right? She's like, you have just destroyed my self-confidence. And they're at the wedding. They're at the altar. And Cole is like shocked. Cole is like, I just don't even know. Cole is like so confused. His friends, like, you know, you get the, you get the sense that no one has ever heard Cole describe the way that Zineb described him at the altar. When I heard Cole at the end, when he's doing, when they got the camera in his face and he's crying. And when Cole was like, I don't, he said, this is the worst experience of my life. That's a direct quote. He said, this is the worst experience of my life. I don't, I, and then he said something like, I don't know if I could go through that again. Right? Am I, you all saw that, right? He said, this is the worst experience of my life. And then he said something like, I don't know if I could ever do that again. I immediately, of course, my attachment brain is like, oh my gosh, the next girl that gets cold. Is I'm like this. This this was a really good example of an attachment trauma in adulthood that it seemed like Cole never experienced. It seemed like Cole never experienced. He's like, my parents are loving. They're like these solid people. Like they're just very supportive. You know, they want the best for me. He's giving this. We don't meet his parents, right? Which I different conversation. But 
I think they, I think clearly they had they were onto something as we saw. Okay, but I was th- I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect example of an attachment trauma that happens in real time. Where now, when Cole is like, I this is the worst experience of my life. I don't know if I could do this again. Perfect example of like, let me forecast into his future. Now somebody else says, Cole, I love you. Cole, I want to marry you. Cole, I want your attention. I want. How how hard will it be for for a Cole to believe that? Do you understand what I'm saying? It can be. So that's a that's an example of how possibly right because of a, pa- a past relational trauma that then when I'm offered intimacy later I I the past relational trauma doesn't allow me to receive it although I am a person who clearly wants relationship my experience says that even when you say that you want me, I can't believe that you do because look at what happened before. That's an example of an adult attachment trauma that can negatively affect future relationships because it makes it difficult to trust. Okay. When presented with closeness, I can distance. Zineb did the same thing. When presented with closeness, Cole's like, seriously, I want to be here. What do you mean? Presented with closeness, and she distances, even though she is saying and literally signed up to get married. She starts to sabotage the relationship by putting all these obstacles and gaps in between them. You understand what I'm saying? So they kind of like, they, they flip back and forth. Anyway, that one was a, it was a mess. Um, let's talk about this. In a situation with distance, you might not, what am I saying right here? All right, so let's talk about how you can be uh, you can be triggered by distance. You can be triggered by distance, okay, as a fearful avoidant type. In a situation with distance, so I can ask for space, but then when I get space, I believe that you're not coming back. I'm not doing enough to keep your attention. You found someone else more interesting, more attractive, a better fit. Let me show you that I'm worth it. What can I do? So a fearful avoidant type can literally be the one to create space or ask for space between you and them. But then when the space comes, they put neg- they attach negative meaning to it. In logical world, when I ask for space, I am relieved when I get it. In fearful avoidant world, remember, go into that mindset. Go back and go into that mindset. What I ask for, when I, I ask for things, but when I get it, I can be triggered by it. So I can be the one to create space, whether it's because of a conflict or whether it's because I feel like I need, um, to, I need some room to breathe in this relationship. But then when I get it, I attach negative meaning to it as if I didn't ask for it or create it, as if I didn't create the conflict or as if I didn't literally ask you to leave me alone. When you do leave me alone, I attach negative meaning to it and I'm much more likely in my insecure state to make you responsible for the negative experience I'm having, even when I'm the one that asked for it or introduced it. That was a lot in a very, did you get that? Let's take Zineb. I mean, it was such a mess. They're like a perfect example of a fearful avoidant couple. It was just, just a mess. Zineb can literally insult Cole to his face. Okay. 
and be like, you're messy. I don't even like, like you, (laughs) you're immature. I don't like the way you cook your chicken. I hate it here. She's like, she's basically like, I hate it here, but give me your attention. I hate it here, but don't look anywhere else. I hate it here. Right. She just hates it here. But she also is like apparently obsessed with having a spot here. Okay. She's a perfect example. Okay. So she can literally introduce space because we introduce space by with conflict, by creating conflict or insulting someone or literally saying, get out of my face and leave me alone. I, so I create the space. And then when the person gives it to you, you don't want me. <laughs> okay. As the fearful avoidance type, you don't want me. You never cared. Go marry her instead. Perfect. I mean, truly like a perfect example. We see, you understand that? So it makes it very confusing. It's like someone said in the comments a minute ago, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So I'm asking you to be clear about what triggers you or the stories that go through your mind. Again, I'm going to say this again. Two people exhibiting fearful avoidance. I come close when you go away. I go away when you come close. Two people fearful avoidant type. This person, person number one and person number two. Person number one does the fearful avoidant thing, push, pull, hot, cold. But their story is you're going to, when you, when you move away from me, you're going to find someone more attractive than me. If I know that that is my trigger and my consistent story, that's going to help me reverse engineer where I need to go in my personal life and in my personal work to get this issue taken care of. But I have fearful avoidance. Person number two, I'm hot, cold, I push, pull. When you distance, I come close. When you come close, I distance. But I realize that the story I'm telling myself is that you're going to find someone smarter than me. I'm not worried about the attractive thing like person number one, but we both do the same thing in relationship. But knowing more more about my personal story helps me to reverse engineer it so that I understand what specifically has happened in my past or what am I afraid of that I specifically need to target in my individual work. Does that make sense? This is very specific. We can behave in the same way. But my personal issue is, is, is those two things are not the same. The reason, again, why that is important is because I need to know what I need to target in my individual past in order to fix this issue. My person who's worried about someone not finding them, finding someone smarter than them might have a history where their parents or their their, their ex-wife was always calling them stupid. And we need to deal with that. My person who is worried about someone finding someone more attractive than them, we might have more of, we, we might have had a, an eating disorder in the past. We might have had the mother who was constantly um, talking about your weight. We might have had um, an, an, ex, an ex-husband who, um, threw out in, who, who threw out all of your clothes and said, well, you can't fit them anyway. We might have some, we might have some personal traumas that needs to be taken care of. But we but both of those both of those people, person one and two, act the same. But I can't target this in general. I need to target my individual issue. This is what you do the um so I have an attachment style work 
book that's going to help you to um, under, understand what I'm saying on paper and work through these things. Okay, good. So we got right there. Emmanuel says, I always felt like they will find someone better and smarter than me. So that's one of his specific personal problems that he is going to target in his individual work. I can have someone else who their fear is that um, if I let you in, um, when you come close, my fear is when I if I let you in, you're going to take everything. I have an issue with like um, personal space. Manu- but we, But I... Eddie and Manuel can act the same, push and pull, hot and cold. Okay? But their fears are different. I fear that you're going to find someone better and smarter than me. And over here, I fear that if I let you in, you're going to take everything. But if I let you go, I won't have anything. Both people behave in the same way, but have, but have different personal issues that need to be targeted in their individual work. Yes, this person on Patreon says, I feel like people will always deceive me and use me. Yes, that is a, that is a great example of my personal experience. There, there is something in that that is very personal to me, and I need in my individual work to uncover those things and extract those things and look at that, but look at that belief in particular, that someone else who also has fearful avoidance or insecure attachment doesn't have that same thought, but they're behaving in the same way. So starting in January, I'm doing four-week attachment courses. Men and women can join. There's not going to be any more than 25 people in the class. It can be as few as three people in the class. And we're going to be going through that workbook plus more, okay? You're going to get the four cornerstones of attachment, um, you're gonna, uh, we're obviously gonna be meeting in group live, and you're gonna get, when you're in those classes, you're gonna get the replay of every single class, whether you attend or not. So on my website, IamTaylorChandler.com, you can see all the times that those are available. Like we've got a eight, I think there's an 8 a.m. attachment, 12 p.m., and a 5.15, that's boundaries. I'm getting confused. Look, if you go to the site, you can see the day. Monday is attachment day. Tuesday's boundaries. Wednesday's healing childhood, and Thursday is detriggering. So there's going to be four week classes, y'all. You can register for them now because I'm going to start really pump. I'm going to start pushing. That's all I'm talking about in December is these classes. So um, if you want to start working on these things, which you've heard me like be, I'm very, you know, you know, I need you in the class. I need you working on the, on your specific issues. Like I have drilled that so far. So come into the class, get the workbook. Come to the class. It starts in January. We're going to meet for four consecutive weeks. And um, I'll go ahead and answer this. There's a there's some frequently asked questions on there. But if you're going to do two, the best two to do together is going to be attachment and healing childhood to start. Attachment and healing childhood. But if you're going to do one, you need to do attachment. Okay? If you're going to do one, you need to do attachment. Because we're going to really get into like this stuff that I'm getting really, really specific about right now. That is what's in the workbook. And that's what we're going to drill into in the class and like get this thing out of the way. I want you to know exactly what your problem is. Not I have anxious attachment, but why do I have it? And what do I what do I need to do it with my psyche to change it? Not just I'm anxious. Okay, but you're going to know why you're anxious, what beliefs you have and what exactly you need to do to change that. All right, let's talk about why this is. Three things to help you understand why this happens. Number one, issues with me. Number two, issues with you and me. Number three, issues from the past. Okay, write that down. Number one, issues with 
me. Number two, issues with you and me. Number three, issues from the past. Here's what I mean by issues with me. Number one, I don't know myself well enough to know what I want. So I like you, but I'm also, this is an example of what it sounds like in the experience. Okay. I don't know myself well enough to know what I want. So I like you, but I'm not sure if I want to get serious about it. I'm not sure if you're the one that I should be with, but I also don't want to lose it. I don't know myself well enough to know what I want, but I know that I like you, but I'm not really sure if I like you for this. I'm not really sure if I want to get serious about it. I'm not really sure if it's the right time. I'm not really sure what I want, but I don't want to lose this. Okay. Issues with me. This is a weird situation to be in when you're on the other side of this, because this person can, again, genuinely like you, but they don't have a place for you. Let's make this short and sweet because it is. If you are looking for a relationship with somebody and someone likes you, but does not have a place for you, go with someone who has a place already set. This is my advice. This is me. I'm going to go into Taylor coach mode. Okay. This is not, this is not therapy mode. This is like literally how I would coach someone through this. If you are telling me you want a relationship and someone knows that they like you, but they don't have a place set for you, go with someone who has, this is me. I'm suggesting that you do this. Go with someone who has the place all ready set the table is set the dinner is in the oven they're ready to serve man or woman they are ready to serve you at your place that they have already set they know what they want they know what would be compatible with them they know what works for them and the place is set they are looking for the person or they are ready to receive the person who fits that space. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you can exhibit fearful avoidance or be experiencing someone with fearful avoidance when you don't know yourself well enough to know what you want. So you are attaching, you are, you're, we'll talk about this in a second. I'm going to tell you how to fix this. Okay. But if you don't know yourself well enough to know what it is that you want, you don't really have a place set for any, for any things in particular, or someone doesn't have a place set for you if they're the fearful avoidant type. This isn't, I mean, there's three things that we're going to focus on. So this is one way that this, that this, one reason why this happens. Okay. On something like a dating app, uh, this person might say something like, I'm figuring out my dating goals or I'm not, I'm just kind of like looking for, you know, whatever it fits. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's romantic, maybe it's, uh, you know, they're kind of, they're, they, they don't have a place set. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's what it can sound like. You can experience this person as a fearful avoidant type as in and out. You can experience this person as in and out because they can't settle in, but they don't want to lose the, cause it's a, it could be a positive experience for them, but they don't have a place for you to stay. I'm talking about metaphorically, right? About literally talking about their physical space, but they don't have a metaphorical place for you to stay. So you can experience this person as an in and out hot and cold type, even when they genuinely like you. Does this make sense? Can you understand how that can, how someone can 
than appear fearful, avoidant, or in and out, hot and cold. Okay, let me get good. Let me give you a visual. There is a table and there are no chairs. And so when the person comes out to serve you the food, that's the relationship. <laughs> that's the affection. That's, that's time. That's gifts. That's, you know, whatever. They come, they're ready to serve you. But I don't have a seat for you. So, the, so they're confused because you invited me to dinner? <laughs> or I thought you were invited me to dinner? Like it seemed like you liked what I had, so I cooked it up for you. But then when I came to serve you, there was not a seat for me. And so now the food is like here, but there's nowhere to put it. And so you with the food ready to serve the person is like, but you were giving me the sick, but you didn't lock me out. You let me in. You let me cook it. You said it smelled good. You were like, this smells great. But then when I actually was ready to serve you, you didn't have a seat for me. And so now I'm left just holding the plate. Make sense? So you can experience some, they might like the smell of it. They might compliment you on it. And they say like, it looks like you know what you're doing, but I don't have a seat for you. So no matter how good the food is, I am not prepared to eat it. I am not prepared to have you sit at my table. So what I'm suggesting to you again is that if you are the person who's got the plate to be with somebody who's got the seat, land the plane, land the plane. Right. If you the one that if you got a plate, you need to get with other people that got plates and seats. Okay, we can't have a bunch of people with all these plates chasing after people with no seats. But that's what we got going on in insecure attachment. That's why we need help. We need therapy. (laughs) You come to class. Right. You understand? Okay, good. You got it. So there can be issues with me. I don't know what I want. Number two issues with you and me. I don't really issues with you and me. I'm fearful of I'm the fearful avoidant one. I don't really like you, but I'm afraid of being alone or I feel guilty for leaving you. Issue, you got issue with you and me. I don't really like you like that. <laughs> I don't really see like how the, I don't really see this as being like a fruitful relationship, but I don't really want to be alone. Or and or I feel guilty leaving you. Oh my God, my COVID, these are my, my COVID, COVID partnerships. A lot of that was going on. A lot of that was going on. I don't really like you, but I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm afraid I'm going to die. So let me just sit, sit out here looking at you, but, and it looked like you don't look too good yourself. So I'm feel guilty for leaving you now that I done spent this time and, you seem to you, you like me and you don't really got no family, COVID or not. I feel guilty for leaving you. You might have formed some sort of trauma bond type of relationship where you know they don't have somebody really in their corner. So you like, I feel guilty leaving you. So um, in these cases, it makes me uncomfortable for me to be close to you because it's not really authentic. It, I'm uncomfortable being close to you. Because I don't really see this as a fruitful relationship. It doesn't really feel emotionally safe or desirable to be close to you. But I feel bad for you or I feel bad for myself. So I don't detach. 
You can receive me, me, fearful avoidant. You can receive me as fearful avoidant. I'm in and out. I can be around, but I'm not connected. I can be around, but something, but I, but I, but I, but when you come close to me or when you want more from me, that's when I start to separate from you. But then when you separate from me, I might be afraid of being alone myself or I feel like you can't handle life on your own. So then I come and try to save you or try to stick to you to save myself. You get it? So that's a that's a, that's what a fearful avoidant can 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 that that person can show up as fearful avoidant when there's issues with you and me, and if you are that person and you are afraid of, we're about to talk about how to fix this, how to change it. If you are that person, and 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 let's say you are the one that feel you feel guilty um, for leaving the person that you're with. Those are typically my my my, my enabling relationships. Okay. Where that other person is down, but you feel at least better off than they are. This is like a sickly couple. Y'all just looking at each other like, all busted up. You like, but you, you the savior one, but you unhealthy. But you at least better than them. And you feel like you can pick them up and get them, get them out of their mess. Okay. Those are typically like the enabling relationships. I don't know why I said that. Y'all got it? <laughs> okay, maybe for you. Because someone's you said um, this is relatable. Okay, so y'all are getting it. I guess that's why I said it. <laughs> I'm like, why am I saying this? Um, so, yeah. And you can if you are the one that feels um, afraid of being alone, you are just, atta- you can be attaching to people without real compatibility, but you just, you're just accepting you're just accepting applicants. It's like McDonald's. You know, like, basically anybody could probably get an interview, right? You know that, if, and that's nothing, to get, it, well, I guess it is, I am saying something. <laughs> I'm saying something about this. So, you know how, like, at McDonald's, you have a pretty good sense that if you apply today, you <laughs> probably everybody, right, could get a get an interview. They would be interested, right? Why is that? <laughs> Seriously, why is it? Why is it that you really believe we have a we have a pretty good feeling that if any of us were to apply to McDonald's tonight, we would get a call back tomorrow? Why is that? I'm serious. I want someone to answer the question. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, whoever me here is. Low standards, no qualifications to work there. Okay. So if I, especially when you have the fear of being alone, standards can be low and qualifications just absent. So you can be bringing people in that aren't really good fits, but you, you need someone to fill the spot because you got to get through the day. You just trying to get this shift taken care of. Okay. We don't want, we don't want, we don't want that kind of standard. Okay. I don't think that's what you want. I think that you, I think that makes the point. Let's move forward. Issues from the past. This is the last one that I'm going to go over how to change it. I can, so this is what it can sound like. I'm the one with issues from the past. I show up as fearful avoidant. It might sound like this. I have a hard time trusting, but I want to. It's just that people I've counted on before have really let me down. I have a hard time trusting, but I want to. It's just that 
I've got a chip on my shoulder. I've got some baggage attached to me. People I've counted on before have let me down. So now it's difficult in the presence, even when you are a trustworthy person, I don't believe that I can put my trust in you. And so my issues from the past can get in the way of us connecting in the present. Got it? All right. So my my people with issues from the past, those are my sabotagers. You are projecting. These people are having like consistent emotional, like per, like persistent emotional flashbacks. Okay. Like of things just falling apart of them being um, betrayed of emotional flashbacks of like abrupt pain. Um, okay. So these types can be having like these emotional flashbacks. They can re- be recounting times that they have been screwed over. So again, if you are on the lookout for the fearful avoidant type, I find that they're, they're usually saying it a, a lot of, that's kind of with, with, I think every type, but anyway, we're talking about the fearful avoidant type tonight, right? So if you want to try to avoid this type so that you can avoid the confusion and someone just not really knowing what they want or being half in, half out, confused, saying that they want you, but then acting like they don't, all that kind of stuff. If someone is like, or you are recounting times that you've been screwed over and you're like, oh my gosh, like I would just, um, all like, it's just so hard to trust that someone's really going to love me for me. Um, it's really difficult to, to, you know, know who I can rely on. I feel like I'm out here by myself. I'm not really sure if someone's really going to love me for me. When you are hearing that kind of thing. That's usually a sign that some something is being is unprocessed, okay? Unless it is attached with this is how I've worked through that and let that go, and now I'm clear, and now I'm able to see people really for who they are in present time. If you are hearing or you are the one recounting those stories again and again, that's a flag. I'm going to red flag you, okay? I'm going to go right to red. I'm going to red flag you, okay, and say that there are some unprocessed things that need to be worked through. Okay, these are the types, if you're hearing that from someone, it's just a matter of time before they start projecting that unto you. Okay, so um, when you are fresh out or (laughs) when it's first day out, you just got out of insecure attachment jail and, you know, you start hearing, you you start um, being aware of these kinds of things, these patterns in people. I'm trying to help you here. Please do not take this as a as that as a sign of I'm going to show them that they can trust me. Listen to me very carefully again, okay? We're almost done. Please don't take that as a sign of oh my gosh, they haven't met a consistent reliable person. I will show them how consistent and reliable someone can be. Okay? If someone has not already determined that they are, um, that first of all, those people exist, because sometimes they don't even believe that those people exist. If they have not already determined that those people exist, and if they listen to me carefully here, if they have not determined that they are worthy of being with that kind of person, Please do not try to take on the responsibility of showing them or bringing them into that space. You are probably, you are most likely next in line 
for receiving the projections of their trauma because they have not made the internal switches to be able to receive a healthy person. They don't, they won't actually believe that you are who you say that you are. Or if they do believe that you are who they say that you are, they will sabotage it because they don't think that they are, that they can actually match you. Even though you're like, you're fine. I like you. I love you. They'll be like, no, you don't. You're, or, or they're going to be like, you're cheating. Aren't you? Like, I just know that you found someone better. And you're like, oh my gosh. How many times do I have to tell you? Cold's a neb. Cold's a neb all day. You'll hear what I'm saying? I'm going to move on to how you can change it. Does that make sense for you? And if you are that person, take some time. Okay? Take some time. All right, this is how we can change it. I'm going to go through those three things um, that I just shared with you, right? That if you have the issues with you, issues with me, issues with you and me, and issues with the past, here's what you can do. Number one. Right. Issues with me. If, if this is, if, if this is you, there are, you're saying, Oh, I'm the one that has issues with me. I'm not clear on what I want. I'm just dating. I'm just out here. I'm just, I don't know if I, like my seat, my, the, 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 the seat isn't prepared for that person to come in, but I am entertaining folks. Okay. I'm letting them in, but I don't have a seat prepared for them. If that's you, this is what you can do. Get clear on your value, on the values and goals for your life. So you can stop creating relationships with people and start creating relationships with people who are right for you. Get clear on your values and the goals for your life so you stop creating relationships with people and start creating relationships with people who are right for you. That last part is important, obviously, right? In other words, if if you want casual, go with the casual people. If you want serious, go with the serious people. Know what your standards are and only make decisions that are aligned with those standards. If you don't know what those things are for you, here it is again, Take a break. Stop asking people out or stop going out with people when you don't know what it is that you want for yourself. I realized, I realized this as I was writing these notes. I'm like the people who are so into climate change. I don't have a heart. I, I understand climate change. I, I care generally. I, it's like I get it, but I don't have a heart for it, right? But those people are like, everybody needs to do every, cause we, every single person matters. I'm gonna, I'm gonna land the plane in a second. Listen to me. They're like, every single person matters. Everybody do their part. If we all just go electric, if we all recycle, if we all lobby, if we all do all these things, we will make a change in the ozone. This is what I'm like about relation, the relationship climate, relation, relation, relational climate. Okay. I'm like, do your part. If you've got to take a break to get yourself together and understand what your values and goals are so that you stop letting people in and they got plates and you don't have nowhere to seat them, I'm asking you to take a break. I'm asking you to recycle like the climate people. I'm asking you to get a Prius like the climate. You understand what I'm saying? So please like, have, have some maturity about yourself. Take yourself out the game. It's much more honorable, honestly. You'll feel better about yourself when you're like, you know what? I really just out here wasting people's time. I don't really know what I want. I don't really know what what I got going on. I'm just going through people or they're going through me and it's a mess. Take yourself out, have a seat and get some help and some direction for where you're going. I know that's not a fun answer, but I'm being, I'm serious. 
I'm serious. Please take a break. You, if you, if if it's a mess, you know, like Zaneb should not have been on that show. Point blank. Period. She shouldn't have been on the show. She is someone who I would tell her, look, take a break. Don't go. You know, don't stop applying for shows. Get off of the dating apps. There are clearly some things that you need to take care of because this looks so messy and confusing. You're confused. He's confused. We're doing weird things at the wedding altar. You know, please take yourself out. Okay. Number two, if there are issues with you and me, um, remember this was the one where I said, um, I don't really like you, but I'm afraid of being alone or I feel guilty for leaving you. If you are this person, First of all, let's be honest, being with anyone out of sadness, like out of your own sadness or because they're sad is just super depressing. So first, let's just be real. It's not a fun time. Okay, it's a big drain. I think someone else said that in the chat earlier. It's just so draining. So first of all, get real. You're not having a good time. Um, Not that relationships are all about having a good time, but y'all understand my point, right? Like it's like sometimes if it if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. If it if it feels <laughs> if it feels draining and crazy and you're like no one if ever if this is what those relationships usually sound like you're like if people knew what was going on they would be they would go nuts they would be they would literally pull up and try to drag me up out this house like that's the kind of relationships where you're like I have to hide parts of this relationship because it is so obvious that this is such trash but there is something trash about me <laughs> that can't that won't leave it and that actually enables it by hiding it and by making it some sort of noble cause to <laughs> to keep hanging on all right look so it's just super depressing if you feel bad for them and you've deemed yourself necessary for their happiness i'm going to be very frank here you probably don't respect them If you feel bad for somebody and you've deemed yourself necessary for them to survive emotionally or functionally, you probably don't respect them. Being with someone who you don't respect is like being, it's almost like loving someone like a pet. Like you're like, I like you or I love you, but I don't really think that you're capable caring for yourself and so I'm here to fill in the gaps for you and it's just a really like it's obviously a codependent relationship if you're familiar with the characteristics right so you probably don't actually respect them it's a very mushy kind of like no backbone kind of relationship all right I don't know am I going too far into that is that am I going too far we're almost done I got one more point Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Um, and so here's another one. So the issues with you and me. If you're afraid of being alone, um, explore why. There can be a self, there, there is a self-confidence issue there, okay? Um, so feeling like no one else is going to want me or, you know, not actually being interested in yourself, then of course it's not going to be interesting to be by yourself if you're not interested in yourself. So if you're afraid of being alone, exploring why is really helpful. Understanding that there is a self-confidence issue there. We need to explore more about that. When I don't have a purpose in my life and I don't know what to do with myself, then um, relationships kind of fill that up. And we know that that crashes and burns. Remember the codependency episode. So if I don't have purpose in my life and my purpose has literally, I've adopted you as my purpose and this relationship as my ultimate 
like the the ultimate thing in my life or this is what creates me or makes me then I would have a very hard time with being alone because if I am I'm literally less valuable alone I am literally less interesting alone I don't have my life ha, my life loses meaning when I am alone Okay, so when you have an internal purpose, you're a lot less likely to fall into that trap. Last thing, if you've got issues from the past, you need to come. You need to do that attachment class and the healing childhood class, so we can work out what it is those specifics, what those specifics are for you, how they have affected your psyche, like the beliefs that you hold about yourself in relationships, and we can extract those things, target those things, extract those things, and remove those things, so that you can move forward and be in the clear. So, in order to deal with those issues from the past, you need to go and go into some individual work okay you can know that they're there but then actually working through them is going to take some we need we need to get together on that okay so again the attachment course is a really good way to do that you're going to get all the replays or you can participate live choose the time that works best for you go to my website iamtaylorchandler.com under the classes tab um and we're going to work out those issues from the past so that we can move forward all right y'all have any questions i'm going to go ahead and um we're going to wrap this thing And that's it, y'all. We are out. The season is about to come to a close. We've got an episode on letting go coming up. And y'all, I want you to think about joining the Patreon. The Patreon is $5 a month. We're going to be running some series as we are in between, when we are in between seasons. So Patreon, you are not going to miss out when the podcast is out. Um, and also on the Patreon, like I drop some voice notes, I drop written things for you. So it's just a good way for me to be able to express in a um, less formal way and for those who are interested in healing in a different way outside of Instagram and who want some more, um, maybe some, some deeper commentary, some more focused work. Um, and also sometimes it's like more general stuff, I would say. Like things that really like I'll be coming home from my workout and I'm like, I just really want to say this and I'll make a voice note and drop it for y'all in the morning. So sometimes it's more focused stuff like over the Thanksgiving holiday, I gave you something very specific and sometimes it's more general um, stuff that is apart from just like attachment stuff that I talk about on Instagram. So for those of you that are interested in joining that community, the link is in the show notes. You can also type in at I am Taylor Chandler on in the Patreon search and you'll find me there. It's five dollars a month right now, y'all. And so come on in, hop into the community. And I'm so grateful for you for listening in, for coming into spaces where you are able and where you feel called to be in to get some more out of this work. So thanks a lot. And um, I'll see you next week.